In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what his body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. The gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Greetings, folks, and welcome to Good News for the City, the radio broadcast ministry partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart DC, right here on Life Changing Talk Radio, 105.1 FM, WAVA. My name is Dennis Williams, and I'm director of ministry for WAVA Radio, and I want to welcome you to today's broadcast. Well, folks, today on Good News for the City, we are talking about the gospel, of course, making a difference in the lives of one of the most vulnerable groups in society, children without families. Wow. It's an unfortunate truth, but today we are speaking with someone who leads an organization that is working to make sure that every child, man, and I just love this, folks. I got to tell you, I love this, has a safe and supportive family through foster care and adoption. So, hey, let's talk about it. And of course, to get us going, to get us started, you know the drill. To introduce our guest for the day is my good friend, my co-host, my buddy, of Good News for the City, Pastor Brian Bale, Senior Pastor of Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia. It's good to see you again, man. God bless you. Good to be back again. You know, a tagline, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, Dennis, or a long time. Listeners of the show don't know. The tagline of Good News for the City is this. It's the gospel that makes a way. That's Amen. what the good news is. And Amen. the gospel isn't just an intellectual premise or a theological principle. It is a practical action as well that yes. we have the opportunity to live out in the world around us. We, we mention this verse a lot in the book of First Peter, that live such lives of hope that the world looks at us and they ask about the hope that we're living in. And living a life Amen. of hope means that we're living lives of action. We're living out the good news. And, and so today we're going to talk about another opportunity to live out the good news, uh, not just as a theological principle, but a practical application in life. And joining us here in studio is Cynthia Moreland. Cynthia is the executive director of DC 127. She's an experienced nonprofit professional and as the former executive director of, of several organizations that were committed to serving vulnerable populations of children, she has championed programs with, who provide affordable housing for, for single parents, uh, inspired adolescent girls to prevent multi-generational cycles of teen pregnancy, and, and most recently, She's developed programs to assist youth aging out of foster care to help them build independent lives using education as the catalyst for that change. Amen. Her passion is to this, is to minimize the negative systemic effects of poverty and isolation from opportunity, uh, from opportunity for God's most precious gift, our children. And so, Amen. Cynthia, thanks for joining us right here. Thanks for sharing your heart. And thanks for today. You're going to talk to us a little bit about DC 127 and for for those who may be listening today uh, right here on the radio, or maybe they pick this up a little bit later on podcasts that uh, we give right here on Good News for the City, uh, that may not be familiar about DC 127. Why don't you just kind of start us out a little bit by telling us about the organization uh, and what was the catalyst for the starting of DC 127? Absolutely. Well, thank you. First, thank you for the opportunity to talk about one of my favorite subjects. Uh, the work of DC 127 started in 2012 when the leadership of the district church 
um, gathered the faith community to pray for children in foster care. At the time, there were headlines talking about the challenges that the district was facing without mm -hmm. adequate homes to place children. Children at the time were sleeping in CFSA offices. There were long waiting lists to find adequate homes. So the leadership of the district church felt like we need to do something about this. So they really got together to pray and pray is power. prayer is powerful. Yes. Prayer changes hearts, it moves us into action and that's exactly what happened. What started out with the intention of just being a prayer gathering and not knowing what it would morph into has really blossomed into an entire ministry that is now self-sustained. It's amazing what happens when people present themselves in prayer to God, how God often not only lays a passion, but then lays an opportunity that we can step out. And I think all of us know that struggle between this idea of knowing that God wants us to do something, but how to do it and how to make an effect on something sometimes is, is a challenge. And, and so God sort of started this opportunity in birth DC 127. And you can find out more about uh, this organization by going to dc127.org. And we do encourage you to go there. Not right now to listen to what we're talking about. Some people may be multitasking, but hopefully not if they're driving their vehicle. But if you go to dc127.org, one of the things that it mentions is your mission, right? And your mission is to reverse foster care waiting list in Washington, D.C. Now, lots of times people think about waiting lists and they have a, a very specific, like, I'm waiting for something. That's not the concept here. There are kids waiting for something. Can you talk a little bit about that waiting list and how long it is and how many kids there are currently in the foster care system that you specifically are dealing with? Sure. Well, just think about the notion of a child not having a home. God intended mm -hmm. for children to be with loving parents who were yeah. unified, who were fortified, who had all barriers of life removed so that they could do their best as parents. Because of poverty and the systemic issues of poverty, every parent doesn't have that opportunity. Mm -hmm. Throughout my career, I can't say I ever worked with a teen mom or a very young grandparent who just said, I really don't like my children. I don't want to take care of them. Mm -hmm. Those parents were often afflicted with drug abuse, um, a mental health crisis, lack of resources. And those were the conditions that led them to have to have their children removed. Yes. So I, I want to, I just want to place on everybody's heart that Nobody want, nobody is proud of themselves for having their children taken away. Yeah. In the district, we probably have about 900 children living outside of their birth homes. Mm. Um, with the onset of COVID, the crisis of children needing foster care has multiplied. Because in an environment where we can't provide connectivity, which is really the heart of our ministry, um, we're limited in the opening up homes and facilitating contact with people who are outside of specific households. So the issue of foster care has um, been complicated like everything else in life because of COVID and restricting human contact. So what, we, what we've always done and what we're really focusing on now is the piece of our ministry that keeps families that are at risk of having their children removed 
keeping those those families fortified, removing barriers for parents, providing services that parents need and that children need so that they can stay together. Right. Oh, go ahead. We're also recruiting additional um, foster homes. The pandemic has also provided a unique opportunity for people to reassess life. What's important and, and what has God put on their heart in terms of changes, life changes they want to make. And so we do consistent foster care information and orientation sessions. And since the onset of COVID, we found that people we hadn't been able to attract before are very interested in being a part of the solution. Yeah, there's an old saying that when God closes a door, he opens a window. Uh, I'm not sure where someone gets that from exactly in the Bible, but that theology is true that in every moment and every challenge, there's also this opportunity where God is working, as it says in Romans chapter eight, things together for good. And I think even now, as we find ourselves many, many, many months into this COVID environment, we're still discovering some of the challenges that COVID brings up. You brought it up there with foster care, but in the same time, there is some opportunities. Now, even though before... COVID though, there was still a long waiting list when it comes to foster care. What are, besides obviously now, I think some of us are aware of some of the COVID things you just mentioned. What were some of the issues before though? And, and even, you know, maybe once we find ourselves in whatever the post COVID world is like, the issues of disconnect that caused some of these just, you know, big waiting lists that happen. Well, again, we put it, we need to put it on people's hearts more. If you're not touched, by vulnerable families and the issue of foster care, you don't, you're not really um, tuned, dialed in to be concerned. So mm-hmm. just putting a, on people's hearts to advocate for children who are in foster care and making people aware of the crisis of a, a whole generation of youth that feel like they're discarded. Yeah. Um, children in foster care have experienced trauma. Um, there are a lot of wonderful people who decide to foster but 50% of them nationally give up in their first placement because it's difficult. It's challenging work. These are children who've been hurt and they've been traumatized. So foster parents need important trauma-informed care to be able to endure that, to love children through that, to help them heal that hurt. Mm-hmm. Now, you've already talked about, you know, obviously placing uh, kids, children in foster care homes. And then you've also mentioned already this I like to say preventative, if we talk about medicine, preventative medicine says, hey, let's not get to the place where our cholesterol is bad. Let's have better health, better eating habits, better exercise. Uh, And in some of the same ways you've already said, hey, let's help and and intervene in some homes that have some challenges before they have to go to the place where they give up their children into the foster care system. Um, You've talked a bit about those. What are some other things that you do? Is, Is that what you mean when I see things like safe families for children programs, mentorship, uh, maybe even talk about some church involvement? Well, we have a multi-pronged approach. We have a Communities for Families program where we match families who are vulnerable because of a a myriad of reasons and they're at a difficult moment in their life. So we match them with volunteers to create a caring community that supports them and is around them. And through our Communities for Families program, we work with families to achieve one goal, That goal can be around affordable, stable housing, employment, or solving food insecurity. 
in a sustained way. Mm -hmm. And then we really remove ourselves and allow the connectivity that we've made with the family and the volunteer to continue them to journey together in just having a true relationship. Um, go ahead. Cynthia, oh, you know, Cynthia could I, I ask, Brian, let me jump in here a minute, buddy. May I ask, um, so let's take, for example, a child is, goes into foster care and what's the likelihood or what's the percentage of kids that kind of stay in foster care or um, go back to like their birth home, their birth families? Um, is there a percentage of that on um, the likelihood of a child getting out of foster care? Or Sure. As you can imagine, that's very nuanced depending on the family dynamic. Sure, sure. But it's always the goal. It is, and we work with CFSA here in the district, and that is the goal. And they engage community partners like DC 127 for mm -hmm. unification. We also work with families who've had their children's um, had their children placed back in the home to provide them the support, so that whatever was the catalyst for having their children removed, we can minimize the um, damage that that will do in having children removed once again. Mm, sure. That's yeah. great. Thank you. Thanks for that. Um, I was just going to ask you, I mean, you mentioned a little bit about the, that number of 50% of inside of their first placement in, in some of the, the real life picture. One of the things that Jesus ministry models for us is that um, working with people is not simple. Uh, it is use the term messy. I mean, just look at his disciples. They, they had struggles, they had challenges, um, and, and I think, you know, as you've talk, talked about it already, depending on the background of these foster children, what's happened, there are going to be some ups and downs uh, if someone chooses. What, what are some of those ups and downs, maybe a little bit more specifically, that when you train them for trauma and you train them that they're prepared to work with? You know, this is flawed work. Children mm -hmm. weren't intended to live with strangers. Yeah, I, yeah. I want to stop there. I, I want people to really hear that. God's design was not an intention to live with strangers. God created the family. There, there's an original thought. And so anytime we get out of that, obviously this is going to create some additional difficulties. That, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that, that was a beautiful reminder for us to think about the things that we're talking about. So there's not a scientific patented answer. Mm -hmm. And these, as you said, these are messy lives. And we're really dealing with those segments of society that hide. Mm -hmm. we, we get to deal with the families we can help, but there are thousands of undocumented youth that need child protective services, but we can't reach them. Those are our homeless teens. Mm -hmm. When youth age out of foster care, if they don't have a loving family, they go to prison. They become homeless. They're sex trafficked. We can't reach. So it's, it's impossible for me to give you um, an answer I'm comfortable with. Sure. Because it, it is, it's, it's ugly. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, that's the, so the piece I want to stress here is that's why DC 127 works upstream. Mm -hmm. Because foster care is difficult, it's complex, there's a lot of pain, and it, it stays with children through, through their adult lives. We really want to work while children are with their families mm. to prevent all the things we've seen happen down the river and the residual that's sludged at the bottom of the ocean. 
And we want to purify those waters while they're with mom or mom and dad. And we want to strengthen mom and dad to understand their responsibilities as parents and give them community and the love of caring volunteers to help them to meet their responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned earlier on that you, in some ways, uh, act as a connector of relationships and then sort of sort of step out. And, and it would seem obvious, I guess, that having healthy examples or healthy relationships to connect with is a challenge in the environments that you step into. And so you make that happen and then get out of the way. And so there are probably people who are listening to say, ah, that's maybe, maybe adopting or right, taking in a child is a better term, not adopting into foster care. Isn't kind of, you know, where I'm thinking God may lead me, but man, this idea of mentorship and connecting, um, that's something, what are some things that you would say that people should consider as uh, they would consider stepping into a relationship like this of any type? Sure. Well, we think of this as um, an opportunity to live out our faith. Mm -hmm. Um, We spoke earlier about what Corinthians teaches us, that we're supposed to be the hands and feet of Christ. Mm -hmm. So this is a way to get out of your comfort zone. And because of COVID, through the comfort of your own private space as a virtual volunteer, you can check in with a family who just imagine reaching out to someone who's troubled, who's overwhelmed, but also just feels isolated. They don't have anyone to talk through their issues with. We don't need you to adopt them. You probably don't know as much as our parents do. And so if you come with the posture, I really wanna serve and I wanna connect, we know you'll receive much more than you intended to give Mm -hmm. because we support phenomenal families that are just overtaxed because they don't have enough resources. Yeah, It reminds me of Philippians chapter two, Jesus took on human flesh and he came to serve. If there was anyone that, that could have been said, well, I'm going to show up and you're here to serve me, or I'm going to approach it in a very uh, dominating or uh, I know it all sort of way. We could have expected it to be Jesus, but yet he engaged relationally and created that. And that's, that's our call uh, to live and to do that. Um, your website uh, mentioned specifically uh, about this idea of churches. And obviously there are a lot of people who listen to this show who are connected with the church. Uh, we even have some, some church leaders that consistently listen and, and, and maybe they're hearing and say, ah, this, you know, DC 127 was even, even launched and initiated by a local church. You say they're uniquely equipped to help children in the need and family. How do you believe that that's so? The church is the body of Christ. We have 18 church partners who are the mm-hmm. body of DC 127. Each of our partner churches prays consistently for youth in, in care and for vulnerable families. Their congregations are our volunteers, Mm -hmm. primarily. Um, We have a church advocate that is a volunteer at each of our partner churches, and that advocate advocates for the needs of um, children that we serve. When the pandemic hit and no one could find personal care items and household cleaning supplies, we put out a call to our churches. We immediately, within five hours, raised a COVID relief fund, and we also received donations, which were overwhelming in their generosity that we then Mm -hmm. distributed to families. So the churches are action. They're faith in action. 
Now you mentioned you have 18 partner churches. Are all these churches located specifically in the district? Do, or if they're not, uh, that answers my second question. Do they need to be located in the district? We welcome all churches in the DMV. And if there is a national church that wants to partner with us, we will get creative as these are times that require us to pivot and get creative and we'll mm. find a way to engage you. Yeah. We want to provide an opportunity for all to serve. Yeah. Being creative is one of the natural things I believe God created us to do, but COVID really kind of inspires that a little bit greater. And, and again, we're hearing stories like this on Good News for the City in a consistent basis, not of the decision of the foster care, but how in the midst of uh, what many, many would say is a very difficult, challenging time, God is opening new doors uh, through creativity. And I'm excited to see how, again, in a post-pandemic world, how the opportunities we've seen got open, continue to expand because of the creativity that's required in this moment. Now, one of the things we like to do on this show is uh, we like to share stories. We like to hear the story of the ministry, but specifically about something that the ministry or the person that we're talking to that day um, has seen happen through what God's called them to do. And would you mind just maybe sharing a story or two about how God's been working through DC 127 to, to bless a child in need of a family or bless a family in need to keep them from going into the foster care system of something like that. Absolutely. Well, the Lord has just blessed DC 127 in such a powerful way. At the end of our last program, 98% of the children we support stayed with their families. They wow. did not require wow. child protective services. That's great. We serve a population where 50% of our families are unemployed because of COVID. Mm -hmm. 50% are getting by on minimum wages. Never in the history of DC 127 have we provided direct support. We now provide grocery deliveries bi-monthly to 39 families in the district. We are offering um, counseling sessions to parents and children. We have recruited more volunteers, more diverse volunteers than we ever have. And 88% of our families have indicated that they no longer feel overwhelmed and isolated. Mm. Specifically when, again, when the pandemic hit in March and we reached out to our partner churches and we asked for their support, many of our church partners started delivering tablets and we distributed them to families right away. And we got a note back from a six-year-old who said he had wanted one of these his entire life, but now he could not only play with it, he was able to do his homework. So mm. before the district was handing out laptops, this technology support was critical so that kids who were using parents' cell phones to do homework assignments could have a larger screen. Well, the story of the gospel making a way in, in, in new and unique ways continues to expand in this pandemic. And it, and, and, and it just reminds me that God is always moving, maybe in ways we don't even see at the moment. And now uh, maybe looking in the future, we'll see some things that God is doing through this moment and this time having you on the show. Uh, Cynthia, thank you for your time today. Thank you for sharing us yes, your passion you so uh, for children and for families as yes. God has a passion yes. for children and families and in doing that work through DC 127. Right, Dennis? Amen, man. I, you know, I was thinking when you were saying that the district was giving out tablets, something similar happened down here in Charlotte. And um, as a matter of fact, the biggest cable provider down here, Spectrum, um, is, is giving free Wi-Fi to families like you're talking about and tablets and everything. And 
and they had some of the kids on TV, and it was just hilarious and wonderful. I had big tears falling down, wetting my shirt, you know, because it was so amazing what was going on. So thank you so much, Cynthia, for um, for this story and for coming on and, and just sharing with our listeners in the D.C. metro area what God is doing through you. Thank you so very much. Folks, if you want more information, you can go to dc127.org. That's dc 127 Dot org, or you can go to goodnewsforthecity.com, and if you want to listen again, listen on podcast, or again, you can always call me at the radio station. Even though I'm not there physically, I get my messages every day, 703-807-2266. Thank you. God bless you all. Thank you for joining us today. We'll see you again next week, and remember, it's the gospel, it's the gospel that makes a way. The gospel that makes a way. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership, movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of Good News for the City, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.